Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 5th. Matt and myself are here. We are going to break down what happened last night between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders, and then we will give you guys our top waiver wire targets for week six? Five of the NFL season. I knew I was ahead for some reason. Week five of the NFL season. Matt. How are you doing on this beautiful Tuesday? I'm doing okay. Uh, nothing like being on the phone with uh, customer service for 90 minutes, uh, you know, on hold mostly while you're working to just brighten any cheery day. Yeah, you know, those are the, some of the nicest, coolest people in the world. They, uh, you know, solve all your problems. And, you know, usually it's only like, what, like a 10-minute wait, right? Like, you know, they're, they're very accommodating. Yeah, they were trying. Yeah, they were trying. That's all that matters in the end, right? As long as we try. Try for each other, people. That's the positive message of the day. While I was going through that fun excitement, our friend Ricky sent me a a message. Apparently, a quote from a review I did for a movie is in the commercial for the film. Oh, well, that is actually awesome. So there you go. A little little bright side for... You know, negativity of having to deal with customer service. 50-50 day. Yeah, there we go. All right, so let's talk a little bit about... Oh, no, we're not going to talk about that. First, we're going to tell you that we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, which you can find at PigskinPodNet on Twitter. You can also search the hashtag TPPN, as you can see up there at the top of our screen. Uh, It has... We all tag. We've got all kinds of stuff on there. Football, fantasy football, hockey, baseball, soccer. It's all there. Uh, we are proud to be a part of that network. It is a ton of fun. Now we're going to talk about the Chargers. You know, I feel like the delay was fitting to the game, which somehow in a dome in Los Angeles also had a weather delay. It was all planned. I did that all on purpose. You know, you had to to give out, you know, the the secret behind the scenes. Yeah, it was a very uh, weird start to the game yesterday with the lightning delay inside a dome. Apparently John Gruden wasn't a big fan of that as well. And uh, maybe that's why the offenses look so bad for a lot of this game. The Chargers do end up winning the 28-14. Matt, the Raiders started off slow, but rally come up short. Is the lack of a running game the thing that's hampering this offense? 
Yeah, it certainly isn't great. They've been able to mostly overcome that this season with uh, Derek Carr just going off, but he's had to throw for more than 400 yards a game. So if you hit a defensive situation where that's not going to be possible, I think the running game is also a systemic issue that goes back to their offensive line, which seemed to be what was dogging Carr a lot at the beginning of last night. He didn't have a ton of time to throw or a lot of open lanes um, to throw to. You knew it probably wasn't going to be able to keep up where they would be winning these games, you know, rushing for 10 yards and and throwing for 400 last week they got a huge rushing day which helped a little bit maybe they just need peyton barber to come back that's what i was going to say i mean peyton barber would say what running issues uh, based on what he was able to do last week uh, I, i'm not i definitely think it's hampering the offense right now i don't know that that continues though i mean jacob still looked a little beat up last night we'll see what that looks like chargers i think have a really good defense so i don't want to hold too much of what we saw last night against the Raiders, I, I think you know Bosa finally being back healthy and the way those linebackers were playing, I just I think the Chargers had a really good defense, but it's definitely yeah. something to pay attention to because Kenyon Drake, money well spent so far. Money, well you know, spent. I was going to bring that up. Go go and pay running back. He's like the one of the top running back free agents time this offseason, right? He it was the biggest free agent contract for a running back. It just it's really curious. I don't know what they're doing. <sighs> Good old Johnny Gruden just ruining Kenyon Drake's. What the poor guy just can't. There's got to be something going on behind the scenes because I mean, can't well, get it done in it, Miami, and then he go and he leaves, and uh, just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like more. when he gets a chance, he does. Pretty, I mean, he was running back 16 last year, ran for 955 and 10 touchdowns on 239 carries. Definitely had some decent production when he was given a chance in Arizona, had some decent production when he was given a chance in Miami. It's just, you don't know what's happening in their practices and stuff, but it's curious to me that Peyton Barber seems to be number two. I'm curious if one, if, if Kenyon Drake is just like the Austin Nace of NFL football and he just, he doesn't practice well, but he just kills it when he gets into games. And I'm wondering if maybe that's what it is, you know, coaches, really seem to care about practice. You know, as Alan Iverson said, it's just we're talking about practice. Maybe maybe, maybe they should give him a shot because I'm with you. He definitely produces when he's on the field. Justin Herbert looked good for the most part in this game. It got both tight ends a score. It's kind of a weird game, not just for Mike Williams, but for Keenan Allen as well. I mean, are we concerned? It was. Do you think it was just a game where the tight ends kind of just got in the end zone and that's just kind of what worked for the Chargers? Yeah, you know, in the case of Keenan Allen, he got 11 targets to lead the team, caught seven balls. He just didn't get a ton of yards. It was weird because if you were listening to the Monday night broadcast, Mike Williams was the subject of a lot of discussions. They talked about how incredible he is. He'd been on such a huge pace. Only one catch for 11 yards. Um, I don't know if it's because I made him my start this week. And if I say somebody's in for a good week so far, this uh, what we've learned this season is that probably dooms them. Um, but it seemed like a weird game plan, especially with, the Raiders secondary isn't incredible and got beat up. They had a couple of guys injured, only four targets uh, to Williams. You know, part of it may be that they didn't need him much. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned with Allen because, you know, again, he's still got 11 targets, led the team in targets, but it was weird. We've seen Mike Williams dominate a lot of this season. And last night in that game, he didn't even seem to be much of a factor at all. 
Yeah, I mean, he would have ended up at least fantasy-wise with a pretty decent day had Herbert not missed him on that one play to the sideline. I mean, it looked like he had nothing but green grass ahead of him. If he hits Mike Williams in stride, that's likely a touchdown. I'm not worrying about it yet. I mean, obviously, Williams has been extremely good to start off the season. I don't know that, you know, as much as Dennis loves Donald Parham, I don't know that Donald Parham and Jared Cook are going to be like the guys to lead this offense. Uh, it may have just been a way to attack Las Vegas here to, uh, in that game. And then also, obviously Austin Eckler went off ma- massively in the fourth quarter as well, which probably kind of limits what you can do in the passing game. So not really worried about Mike Williams. Now if this trend continues over the next couple of weeks, maybe it'll be time to start panicking. But so far, Joe Lombardi has been 100% on with what he said he was going to have Mike Williams doing, and it's it's been succeeding. You know, Maybe we just can't expect Mike Williams to be um, – putting up 30 points a game every single week. He just uh, heard Dennis talking about whoever tight end he was trying to make excuses for as tight end 17. I said tight end 17 so far. I would guess all three of those guys last night probably passed him. Uh, I would imagine so. I mean, Jared Cook had, what, 70 yards and a touch? I know Parham had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many yards. Yeah, Parham, Parham had, but... had two for 17 and a touchdown. So PPR, that's 9.7 points. Cook, six for 70. Waller, four for 50 and a touchdown. Oh, Jared, good old Jared Cook. Just when you think you're out, he pulls you right back. Yeah. If I started him in Scott Fishball, I would I'd have two wins right now, not one. Thanks, thanks, Logan Thomas and Rob Gronkowski. Guys are awesome. Well, if you're right process, bad execution, right? But if you don't want to be a loser like me and you want to make some money, Matt, how can people do that? Well, you head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, They have a week five offer for every football fan. And as we uh, discussed a little bit at the beginning of the show, it is indeed week five. It's not week six. It is not yet. But I would bet you they'll have a promo for week six as well. But we're not quite there yet. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. All you have to do is get either team to score. It has been a goodly long time, as we learned yesterday, since 1943, uh, since there was a 0-0 tie in the NFL. And it doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon, unless the Browns and the Vikings play again this season. But I was told that's, that's not really a possibility. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long, and they're giving new customers a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. That's the important part. Use the promo code TPPN. Throw down a $1 bet on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. You can't go wrong. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER.
right, so let's talk about waivers. Nice quick episode today. Week five. Let's start at the QB position. You got Trey Lance coming in rostered at 24.9%. Tyler, I'm sorry, Taylor Henneke at 10.1 and Drew Locke at 0.7%. We still don't know Jimmy G is gonna miss any time. Is that correct? Or did I miss that news? Yeah, so Jimmy G, not sure if he's gonna be out um, more than just what he was out last week. It seemed like at the end of Sunday they were talking about him shaping up for a multi-week absence. Now it's that he's questionable. Same with Teddy Bridgewater. The reason Locke is on this list, Teddy B got knocked out with a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. They said he can't clear, I guess, until Friday would be the earliest he could clear. Um, But that would still be enough time potentially there on the road at Pittsburgh this week. I think – so if we're in Dynasty, Trey Lance is probably rostered. If he's not, you definitely should be rostering Trey Lance. If we're looking primarily at redraft, you know, in Dynasty, it's possible Heineke and um, Locke are on the waiver wire. I still have all my Drew Locke shares because – I mean, I'm right there with you. I thought he was going to win the job. So there's multiple super flex leagues. I had him assuming he was going to win the job. And I was like, well, there goes my second QB. So, yeah. So, you know, if we're looking primarily at redraft, I think Heineke is still the number one pickup for me because he looked pretty good uh, and seems to be going into shape in the way Washington's defense is playing. Uh, we had, thought they would be a low volume offense but it certainly seems like they're going to have to score now um second choice for me you know i'm really looking at the injury reports but i probably am taking a chance on trey lance over drew lock yeah i i think so too i mean i still am a little bit worried about him you know we talked a little bit about this yesterday he he definitely looked raw in that game yesterday and i do worry about this for the san francisco weapons but just based on his upside, I think you've got to take him. I mean, even if, say, he goes out there and only throws 12 times, gets you like 120 yards, but he gets you a 60-yard rushing touchdown, like he's going to he's gonna make your day right there. So um, I, I, I take him, too. I do trust Kyle Shanahan. He, he would be the, the one for me over Locke. Running back, this one is going to be interesting because there's a guy not on this list that I would pick up. I imagine he's like 0% roster. Khalil Herbert. Yes, uh, I would and imagine he's, he's probably not. not rostered very high in uh, yeah. in R- Dynasty either. No, he's not. I know. I looked on all the Dynasty leagues I'm in, someone rosters him, and his name is Matt Bruning, and that's because he drafted him, because I love me some Khalil Herbert. But his teammate, Damian Williams, seems to be the guy who will likely get the ball, although he got banged up in that game as well. He is sitting at 9.6% rostered. You got Kenneth Gainwell, who's been stealing a lot of the goal line snaps over Miles Sanders in Philly at 26.8%. Samaj P. Ryan, if uh, Joe Mixon misses any time, which looks likely at least a week at 2.3%. And then, of course, Malcolm Brown, uh, the, you know, the running back killer himself, who's uh, killing all of Miles Gaskin's value, sitting at 9.2%. So, Miles Gaskin is the one I'm least interested in, uh, quite honestly. I. I know he's getting more carries, but none of those backs in the Miami backfield uh, look that great. So it's hard for me to get excited about any of them. Uh, We found out David Montgomery likely to miss four to five weeks. Um, Potentially you could see 
Tariq Cohen come back, but he's he was on pup, so it's going to be at least a couple weeks before he's available. Damian Williams did get it banged up in that game, but it looks like he's tracking to be able to play. I think he's the lead back. I'm with you that Khalil Herbert would be an interesting Gainwell not only seems to be getting some goal line work, he seems to be getting uh, some red zone and two-minute drill work. And then Pirine, it's just the opportunity. So probably for me, if I'm looking, um, I like to focus on pickups that I think could make a difference for a longer period of time as opposed to just gunning for one week, especially in redraft where bench spots are usually at a premium. I'm probably going Gainwell, Williams, Pirine, Brown. Yeah, P- I just can't even trust P. Ryan. My biggest worry with P. Ryan and, and the whole Mixon situation is last year we were told Joe Mixon was only going to miss a week or two. And then it was, oh, well, he's going to miss a couple more weeks. And then they put him on short-term IR, and then he missed the whole season. I don't know that that's going to happen here. And I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but I am a little bit worried about Mixon. You know, I, I would also add in uh, a Chris Evans, who is a rookie for, out of Michigan. With the, with the Bengals, I don't think many people are going to be going after him. I think he's a better pass-catching back than what P. Ryan is, and he could end up being in more of like the Giovanni Giovanni Bernard role, so he he might be an intriguing pickup if everybody goes after Bernard. I just don't know that I can trust Gainwell, though, either. I know he's getting the goal line work. I'm curious to see if that continues. I, I think... He seemed like he was getting a lot of red zone and passing yeah. game work. So I don't – I would say if you were looking for somebody who is going to give you the potential for the highest maximum score this week, that probably isn't Gainwell. I think Gainwell is about where he's going to be. RB3, Flex, Williams, and or Pirine could have a higher week. I just don't know how long – is Mixon for sure going to miss time? From what I was listening to this morning, it sounded like he's going to likely miss a week. Now, outside of that, I don't know. But yeah. that's what I said. That's what that's what worries me. It's like if we go back to last year, though, at this time, it was the same thing, right? It's like, oh, well, Mixon's only going to be out a week, maybe two. And then that turned into like being out for three weeks. Then they put him on short-term IR, and then he just never came back. So it says he's nursing a low-grade ankle sprain and is considered week, week to week. Yeah. So I, I'm with you the one P Ryan. I, I I still wouldn't make the move because I imagine Mixon's coming back. And again, I think you could probably get Chris Evans like after free agency runs through. Yeah. I don't think many people are going to be targeting him again. We're talking strictly redraft. Chances are in Dynasty he might they're, be rostered. They're home to Green Bay this week, which doesn't strike me as a particularly great rushing matchup because they yeah. usually have a pretty strong front. So it would, I, I, it'd be between Gainwell and Williams for me because I still don't know. I know they say Montgomery's only going to be four to five weeks. Bears that are looked Raiders, bad, so that may not be a bad choice. Yeah, that, I think. And again, I would still be all in on Khalil Herbert as well. You know, he looked really good in the preseason. He's a much better pass catching back, in my opinion, than Williams. He's explosive through the line. He's a guy that I think could get some run this week as well. He actually did get um, – I think he only ended up with 0.7 points last week. He did get some run last week after Montgomery got hurt. Again, Williams was beat up a little bit in that game as well, so he's not 100%. I would probably try and grab Herbert as well if you can – 
Because if something happens to Williams, it's going to be all Herbert. And I think once Herbert gets, I mean, he's not going to take the job from Montgomery, but I think he could become the number two guy uh, behind David Montgomery. So Williams, it was suffered a thigh bruise. I mean, that could be painful. Speaks a little bit to yours. I think also it's fair to wonder who their QB is. They probably have the best matchup of the groups that we're looking yeah. at because the the um, Eagles don't have an exactly easy matchup either. But you know, I think we've. What intrigues me about Chicago, we saw if they keep going with Bill Lazor calling the plays, they put a focus on the running game. And Williams yeah. had eight for 55, I think, in the touchdown coming in in relief of Montgomery, which is a pretty good sign. Yeah, like I said, if, if he's out there, I think I'm going him, even though it may be a little bit more of a short-term solution. There's no guarantee that Montgomery comes back in five weeks. And I think Williams probably has the better share of the workload. And then if he is playing really well, let's say Montgomery does come back in five weeks, they may let him take a week or two to get back to fully full health, which means William's still going to get run. And then who knows where we're sitting at that point, Tommy? I mean, you're talking about, again, six, possibly five to seven weeks down the road right now. I mean, what is that? That's week 11. We're almost to the playoffs at that point. So who knows what your team looks like, what you may be able or not be able to do. So Williams would be the guy for me. I, I can understand Gainwell. I'm just I'm not sure Gainwell holds up. I could be 100 percent wrong on Gainwell. Yeah. I'll admit that right now. But I'm, a, I'm I'm still just worried about him. And then I'm with you on Malcolm Brown. P Ryan, I think he's the last. I actually think I'd go Brown over him just because I know Brown's got. It seems like the the red zone work for Miami until he gets spaced out. Yeah, but I mean I, I don't just, know that P Ryan is going to be a, a, anything. That's I'd go Brown over P Ryan just because I. I I hope Mixon's only going to be out for a week. Yeah. All right. That puts us at the wide receivers. You've got Darnell Mooney rostered at 39.4%. Josh Gordon at 25.5. Wow, that was quick. Hunter Renfro, 34.5. Randall Cobb at 10.3. And just Josh John Ross at 0.2%. Yeah. I, you know, I think the high uh, percentage on Gordon is because there are a lot of true believers that never dropped him uh, to begin with. And he did get activated. Um, so he is set to make his debut for the Chiefs. Uh, Mooney had a great game there with Justin Fields. We haven't seen him do a ton with Andy Dalton. I have not gotten a good impression of where the Bears are leaning. Dalton just says he's questionable again. Cobb had a big game, John Ross on here, because the uh, Giants still have uh, hamstring injuries with Shepard and Slayton, so we don't know if they're going to be back. Ross comes right off the IR and catches a 52-yard touchdown bomb um, last week. So, you know, was getting involved. I think if I'm looking at this list, though, uh, giving, given my criteria, Hunter Renfro is probably my top um, target because he seems like he's consistently a part of what the Raiders are doing uh, and they're looking for him. And then I think I would go Mooney, Gordon. I might go Ross over Cobb just because, you know, if you're in that range, you're throwing a John Ross out there just praying for touchdowns. 
Yeah, I think I would keep it the same way. I mean, Renfro has been very involved in this offense, much to all of uh, Brian Edwards' truther's dismay, because it really seems like he is not uh, not getting involved at all, unfortunately, until like the fourth quarter of every game. Uh, Darnell Mooney would be second for me as well. I think that they're sticking with Fields. I think this is an injury that's lingering for Andy Dalton but they're really just going to keep sticking with Fields. Had, had he gone out there last week and played just as bad as he did against the Browns, I think Dalton would be back. But the fact that he showed improvement, I agree with what you and Dennis said yesterday on the pod that I think Matt Nagy clearly wants to keep his job, and so he's doing everything he can to do that. And if Fields continues playing well, then they make it into the playoffs. I don't think they fire Nagy. I think that's why he's letting Laser continue to, to call the play. So I, I think they're going to stick with Fields for now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, a lot like what we saw last season, honestly, where it's they stick with Nick Foles forever, and then when they start falling out of it, all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, here comes Mitch Trubisky to save the day and get him into the playoffs. If Justin Fields starts struggling down the road, maybe Andy Dalton is healed and he can come out there and play again. So, But I feel like that's the mistake the Dolphins made last year with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I don't think it's good for these young – I don't think it's good for the confidence of a young quarterback to get them yanked in important situations because they're like, oh, well, you were fine when we when we didn't care, but now we care. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I wouldn't pull him at this point, but I I mean, it's Matt Nagy. I wouldn't be surprised if Friday morning we're like, and Nick Foles is starting as the Chicago Bears quarterback for week five. I'm like, oh, well, that's Matt Nagy for you. So as long as Justin Fields is out there, though, I mean, we saw it was a great pass to Darnell Mooney, and everybody said that, right? That's why he was kind of the sleeper for everybody was we felt like Justin Fields was going to unlock that for Darnell Mooney, and we finally got to see it. Josh Gordon, I hope. I mean, I, I've been a big fan of his. You know, I've, I've said before, you know, addiction is real. I know people who have struggled with it. I just want to see him succeed out on the NFL field. I don't know that I'm taking any kind of shot on him. Um, I do still have him rostered in a couple places. And I mean, you're, if you start him this week and he goes off, go play the lottery because you're never going to get luckier than you have with making that call right there. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of value out of him. I mean, the Chiefs are void of talent outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. I mean, none of those guys have really ever been able to step up and do something. Now, Gordon has been in and out of the NFL for the past five years, I think. So it's been a while since we've seen him really do anything on the NFL field, but I do hope that comes to fruition for him. I still think I take Ray Cobb over John Ross, though, just because Aaron Rodgers wanted him back there. We saw that connection a little bit. I think he's got some kind of touchdown upside, as much as I hate to admit that, because it seems like Robert Tunyon just doesn't exist anymore. I think he may have insulted Rodgers' hairdo or maybe said something about him well, holding out because he got a lot of, t he's gotten some targets. Last year, Tunyon made his, uh, you know, made his name on being insanely efficient. He's only saw 59 targets, caught 52 for 586 and 11 touchdowns. He's seen 14 targets, but only caught eight of them for 70 yards and a touchdown. Like on Sunday, he saw seven targets, only caught two. That's where I would be a little, I get what you're saying about Cobb. I think for me, if I'm looking at the end of the bench, is there ever a time where I feel great about Cobb? No. I'm never going to feel great about John Ross, but I know if I put him in, it's because I'm just praying. 
Right. Well, that's why I think I, that's why I think Cobb actually has a better shot at touchdowns because Aaron Rodgers will feed him the ball. Where, I mean, neither Sterling Shepard nor Darius Slayton have like the greatest track history of staying healthy. But I think once those guys come back, Ross is going to be kind of moved back down the depth chart. Where I think Cobb is still. I mean, while it probably matters about as much as like the fifth wide receiver on the Giants being the number two in Green Bay behind Adams, he's still going to be the number two. And so that gives him a little bit of more boost. I, I get what you're saying at that point. You're kind of because Ross, I think, too, gives you the better side for like that boom upside where he's going to get you like 60 yards in a touchdown compared to Randall Cobb's like 10 yards in a touchdown. So I, I can see it either way. I think I just I, I trust Cobb a little bit more because I like Aaron Rodgers more than I do, you know, Sir Daniel Dimes. At tight end, Dawson Knox is still somehow at 33.5%, which is confusing to me. Max Williams is at 2.1% rostered. CJ Uzoma, 1.4%. Dan Arnold, 2%. And Mo Alleycox, 0.6%. Yeah, tight end. What an interesting. So by far, in a way, my number one would be Dawson Knox. He's tight end five on the season. He's We've seen flashes. He seems to have the most stable and consistent role. All those people that kind of gave up on him in Dynasty probably are regretting that a little bit right now. So yes. If we, yes, I am. Yes, yeah. I am. If we take the other four, which is probably, um, you know, the bigger question, CJ Uzoma, as Dennis pointed out, he's good for like one of those games, a a year where it's like, oh, you know, he just exploded for two touchdowns and hell, there he is. Maybe we should pick him up. And then you won't see the that kind of production again until 2022. It's possible he gets involved, but, you know, you have to wonder to game plan, Mixon being hurt, T. Higgins being out, you know, reduced some of their things. Dan Arnold was surprisingly involved considering he only arrived in Jacksonville two days earlier and they wanted him enough to trade a former first round pick at corner to get him, um, which, you know, maybe that's an urban Myers thing. Maybe he made that trade over the lap dance that got captured on <laughs> online. Maybe it was a mistake. Um, Max Williams, we've seen him have a couple of good games. He's in a robust offense. Mo Cox, I feel, is similar to Uzoma, that he's going to have one or two big games a year. So that's that group of four right there is going to be frustrating no matter who you target, but I'm probably going Williams, Arnold, Uzoma, Mo Cox. Yeah, I wouldn't change any of that up. I mean, obviously, if Dawson Knox is there, if you're in you know free agent budget, I would say drop 99% of it because I, I don't think this is going away from Knox and getting a guy who can get you, as, as you already said, he's top five. If he can continue to score top five at the position, that's almost an easy win for you at that position every single week because unless you've got – unless you're going up against Kelsey or Waller, there's a chance you're going to outscore whomever you're going against with Knox there. So I'm with you on that. Max Williams is really interesting to me because, like, you know, we talked a lot about this yesterday. Uh, didn't I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury realized the tight end position existed in the NFL. He's really kind of started to show that part of the offense. Kyler is targeting him. You know, he was a guy who was very highly touted coming out of college when he got drafted by Baltimore. Didn't turn into anything. He's landed on a couple of different teams yeah. now at this point, I think. So I'm, I'm so, curious to see. Go ahead. I will just say – Max Williams, looking at his stats, I couldn't remember exactly, but he's been insanely efficient. He was only targeted once 
in week one, didn't catch it. Week two, he's targeted seven times, caught all seven. Week three, targeted three times, caught all three. Week four, targeted five times, caught all five. So he has caught 15 of 16 targets. That would be my only, you know, if you're in that three to five target and you aren't catching 100% of them, yeah, but I mean, hey, if he gets one and it's a touchdown, that might matter. And I mean, yeah. what what offense are you counting on more than anybody's right now than Arizona's with as good as they've been? So I, I, I'm i with you. I think he's got to be two. And then I think, did you put Dan Arnold three? Yeah, I put. Uh, yeah, OK, put I'm Dan with you Arnold on that. Three. I wasn't sure if you could go Arnold. Arnold, I just think the fact that they used him and that already they that Thursday. Yeah. Him that they traded for him, but I think the fact that they traded for him and they were willing to throw him out there in that Thursday night game, not knowing the offense at all, I think clearly means, I mean, well, Urban's clearly got some issues, but he wanted him. uh, If you watched any of the Cowboy Carolina game, but no, I did not. They were talking about that trade and the announcer basically said what they were told was Jacksonville said they wouldn't make any trade unless Dan Arnold was what they got back. And I was like, okay, that's... So they really wanted him. Fascinating. And now you have Chark gone. They haven't really gelled with receivers. So I'm with you. Like, he was there in town for 36 hours, and they put him out there and made him a focal point in the offense. Yeah, so I would, I'd put him right there. I'm... Man, I almost might put him over Max Williams just because they they they're gonna use him. But I, I think either ending up with either one of those two, and then I'll be honest. Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the worst part about it. I don't know that I want Uzoma or Mo Alley Cox. I feel I feel like Mo Alley Cox is is just like CJ Uzoma. He does the same thing. He gives you like two games a year where he absolutely blows up. Everybody goes out there, spends all their fab money on him. And then next thing you know, it's Jack Doyle season for like the next six weeks in a row. You drop Mo Alley Cox. And then here he comes again, three touchdowns. And you're like, what did I do to myself? So I'm, I'm out on either one of them. I can't do it to myself. So, yeah, well, and that's the thing. So CJ Uzoma had six targets in that game, caught five for 95. He only had five targets in the three preceding games. And that's where you have to start to – there are outliers. He's the king of outliers. Mo Cox, another king of outliers. Yeah, I mean, no offense to C.J. Uzoma, but, I mean, if I had – I think a lot of that, too, is because T. Higgins has been out. He's coming back. or They're saying he's supposedly going to be back this week. If I'm Joe Burrow and I can throw it to T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Board, to C.J. Uzoma – CJ Uzoma is going to be fourth on that list, and I'd probably put Mixon ahead of him too. So I don't think he's going to continue to get the targets he got this past week. I do think a lot of that was Higgins being out. So it'll be, um, like I said, Knox if you can get him. And then I honestly think Max Williams and Dan Arnold could could be very sneaky values right now. They they may be guys who can they change things. For probably you the both be rostered depending yeah. on how deep your league is. You know, if you're – if you're like me, I, I try to do like some streaming defense, streaming tight ends in some of these leagues. But when you're playing with some of the groups of people that we play yeah. with that, that don't know as much, everybody wants to have backups at every position. That's where you have to start trying to grab some of these stashes for yourself. So you yeah. don't end up playing 
CJ using on that one week. Uh, so I do the same thing as you, streaming defenses and tight ends. This year I switched that up in a couple of the redrafts that I did. I was like, I'm going to get a solidified tight end because streaming tight ends has not really worked well the past couple of years. Of course, mm-hmm. this year I was all in on Logan Thomas, which is not really looking great for me right now with him being injured. So I, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm targeting one of these guys. Now, Dawson Knox and the two that I'm in is already rostered, so I'm not going to be able to get him. I think I'm going to go Max Williams in both. And then Dan Arnold as my backup just in case. But we'll see. It's it's going to be – I do think both of these guys could end up being something at the tight end position the rest of the season. I said, I, for me, I give the slight edge to the Arizona offense because it is very competent right. compared to what we're seeing out of Jackson. Well, and he's shown that he's very efficient, but also, yeah. you know, when you have defensive backs that have to cover Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and DeAndre Hopkins, in addition to Chase Edmonds, they probably uh, are not giving you their best coverage looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, so I think that'll do it. Nice quick episode today. Uh, didn't even have to go an hour here. So we will be back uh, tomorrow to do some rankings talk. We'll talk about our top 12 of the position, what we got right and wrong from last week, and we will preview the Thursday night game. I don't know who it is. I'm not even going to lie. Jets, it right? It is the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, that should actually be a This is game. the week that it goes back on network television on Fox and Amazon, so they, they bumped up the schedule. And we'll for sure at least do our top 12 of the position. Um, you may just have to understand that we got a lot wrong yeah it happens i might uh might get a surprise appearance tomorrow i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens but i um i'm looking forward that's actually going to be a really good game that's better i thought for some reason i thought it was the jets and somebody but i guess the jets already no, they, played on thursday jets, night so. yeah the jets did their time on thursday night the jets yeah, play atlanta I- this week but it's on uh it's on Sunday morning. I know that's going to be number one in your heart Wait. and number one in your queue. Is that um? Do we get London football this week? Oh shoot, you're right. That is the London. It is. Game. That's what I thought. And it's okay. at it's at uh, nine thirty Eastern. Eesh. Yay! Seven thirty a.m. game. Yeah, you're right. I forgot the return of. Uh, London. I thought so. I couldn't remember if it was this week or next week. So yeah, that will, which will obviously touch more nothing, on nothing like on, sending them our best. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that um, that'll definitely be something we touch more on on Friday. So Matt, myself again, we'll be back tomorrow. Talk rankings and the Thursday night football game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Until then, we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on.